All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. A week ago, the sky was falling in Toronto. Not much anymore. It's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take, and Toronto's won three in a row. Feeling good about life in a new week. Nick Alberga with you at the Golden Muzzy, where you can follow along on Twitter. Once again, no Joe, Jay Rosehill today. He'll be back tomorrow. But do not fret, uh, three hits with Rosie's coming up in about five minutes from now, and uh, you'll laugh at the ending of it. It's, it's three hits, but Rosie wanted to make it four hits. So that's coming up in about five. Uh, remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. Uh, don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest happening with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And as per usual, lots is happening. You can't go through a weekend without an injury. Ilya Samsonov goes down, so I'll get to that if you have thoughts comments, concerns, questions, uh, hit us up in the interactive YouTube chat down below. We'll get to them. I know I prompted everybody uh, if they remembered the loss to the Anaheim Ducks, and we've already had a couple people write in there as well, so I appreciate that. Keep them coming, and I'll, I'll get to your thoughts coming up later on. Uh, the Points Bet Canada Bet of the Day, that's coming up too. It's been an unsuccessful venture the last couple times out, but try, try, and try again, and I will do so on today's show. should mention as well, in about 10 minutes from now, the one and only Rear Admiral from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and family will drop by. You can only guess and wonder what RA has to say on the latest happening with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll dive into the Boston Bruins. Man, oh man, that's been a massive story in the hockey world over the weekend. Just, I don't know why they felt the need to do this, but they signed Mitchell Miller and then revoke that signing like 48 hours later. So rest assured, I'll ask RA about that coming up later on. There's just a lot to get to. Not to mention the Maple Leafs perspective, the rivalry with the Boston Bruins, and just a really, really damn impressive weekend overall for your Toronto Maple Leafs. With that in mind, let's get over the boards. 
I don't know in my wildest dreams if I could predict that type of weekend for the Leafs. So on Saturday, on home ice, a 2-1 victory. And the most impressive part about it, A, was against the Boston Bruins, who are outstanding, have been outstanding. They've won, what, 10 to 13 games to start the season, 10 to 12 to start the season. Like, it's it's been an unbelievable start for the Bees. And, you know, Toronto still takes them down. And on top of that, Ilya Samsonov, excuse me, gets injured. You know, after 40 minutes of play, he doesn't come back. And Eric Schalgren make seven stops in relief in the third period. And, and that was the more impressive part for me because Toronto takes two minor penalties in that period too. And I thought they really, really insulated Shalgren all weekend long. And that includes the game against Carolina last night uh, where they won 3-1. They found a way. Like it wasn't pretty by any stretch, especially the Carolina game, but they found a way. And I thought they did a lot to Carolina what the Canes normally did to their opponents. I thought they were patient. And most important, I think like the work ethic is there. Never to question the work ethic of any NHL team professional franchise, but they had you wondering a bit, I think, in October. And I was just really, really impressed. Like, especially the Nylander goal, you know, especially the John Tavares game winning goal last night. Uh, the presence of mind by Mitch Marner, the play, but like Nylander, like that was tremendous stuff. And I think that type of stuff, quite frankly, is infectious inside a locker room. When one guy does it, everybody wants to do it, and they want to compete that much more for their team. So I was thoroughly impressed, um, more so with the work ethic. Like, I think this team has been building to start the month of November, now 3-0. and They win that game against Philadelphia last Wednesday. Then they beat Boston on Saturday, and they're building towards something here, which is great to see. Because all of a sudden, as I mentioned, like a week ago, the sky was falling. It was finished. They lose to L.A. They lose to Anaheim in the back-to-back in terrible fashion. And then like seven days later, you're feeling so much more optimistic about this team. But that is the roller coaster of an 82-game slate. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. But you talk about downs. Like to lose Ilya Samsonov, I think, is just massive for me. And it, time, time will only tell how long he's going to truly be out of this lineup. But it's so unfortunate because he's off to such an impeccable start, right? Like I thought he was solid once again against Boston on Saturday. And it's just the worst thing ever and the worst thing imaginable that he actually gets injured and speculation on my part and everybody watching the broadcast that it happened on the Brad Marchand penalty shot goal, which is just so unfortunate. Uh, it, it really, really is. Um, but again, I want to give some credit because um, I know I've buried him to a degree this season, but Eric Schalgren, I think, deserves a lot of credit and respect. Like he, Let's not sugarcoat things. Like He's Michael Hutchinson 2.0. But anytime you can get your third string goalie to win you a couple games, and I understand Samsonov still gets the win and the dub from Saturday's game, but from a Sunday perspective, for Shalgren to go into PNC Arena, that's a tough barn to win in, and they weather the storm early. Like, how many of you out there saw the first couple minutes and you're like, wow, that Stefan Nason goal was, was not pretty at all? This team is in for a long, long night. And Shalgren really, really battled after that. Like, I thought he made some good saves in the second period. And as the game got stronger, I thought Toronto got better and better defensively in front of Shalgren. Like, they cocooned him a bit more. And that's the way you need to play. Like, taking nothing away from the guy. He's not Ilya Samsonov by any stretch. He's not Matt Murray. He's not Freddie Anderson. You need to shelter him. And that's probably the only way you're going to have success. Now, is it sustainable over a long period of time? Very, very unlikely. I think they have to keep the flies off for the next week. There's the expectation, the hope that Matt Murray could join the team as soon as Tuesday for practice. So you love to see that, especially in losing a guy like Ilya Samsonov. But I do not think this is sustainable for Eric Schalgren in fantasy hockey. Don't go out there and run and pick him up. He's going to have his highs. He's going to have his lows. And uh, so far, so good the last couple games. Again, pleasantly surprised. I, 
I was okay with winning one game, two points out of four on the weekend, considering the back-to-back, considering the opponents. But to walk away with both, they have to be feeling really, really good, especially on that plane ride back. And uh, there's no rest. On Tuesday, they have the Vegas Golden Knights, who are a really, really good opponent. And uh, way back when, seven games ago, Vegas, uh, now winners of seven in a row, started that win streak against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that game, pretty much, Toronto didn't show up. So I'm very, very curious to see how the Leafs come out tomorrow night at home at Scotiabank Arena against the Vegas Golden Knights. But again, it's going to be a long season. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Certainly feeling much better about this team a week after. I was just royally disappointed to start off last week, calling for everybody's heads. So temper expectations, chill out. It's a long slate. Again, uh, RA of Spit and Chicklets will come by in about five minutes from now, but let's get to our feature presentation. I know you all love this segment. Here is Three Hits with Rosie. Hoo-wee, what a weekend. Leafs fans must be jacked. I know I am. Number one thing this weekend, are you kidding me, against high-caliber teams, the Boston Bruins and the, who are they called? Carolina Hurricanes. They sweep the weekend and get four points in regulation. I mean, who saw that coming after last weekend's debacle on on the West Coast in California? But, I mean, you got to be happy about this. I thought the goal would be three points. I mean, a dream scenario is four. Goalie goes down on Saturday. You're riding your fourth stringer, and, and you get it done the whole weekend. Great sign for the Maple Leafs. They've really kind of put together three solid, solid games. So... I'm quite thrilled. I imagine everyone is. Lots to talk about, lots to be happy about. Number two brings me to Maple Leafs fans. I'm one of them. We got to just chill out on our highs being too high and our lows being too low. I mean, it's the first weekend in November, and we have already built this team up and then tore them down to the foundation after, you know, were we ever even under 500? I don't think so. So... Just stop looking at this team with a magnifying glass. It doesn't do anyone anyone any good. It just creates more frustration. I promise you, it's the hardest city to win in as far as the NHL is concerned. And the proof is in the pudding. Look at the record since 67 or even the second round of playoffs has been 20 years. Just ride with this team. If you're a fan and if you love it and they got the greatest fans in the world, the most passionate fans in the world, just ride with this team to the end and, and and hope that once they put all their building blocks together and it's playoff time, they've got it going on. I know you've had a lot of disappointment in that, in that area, but all I can say is ride with your team. They're obviously got some good stuff going on this year, so whether they have some highs and lows as they're figuring shit out, just stick with them. Number three, that leads me to what needs to happen in the future for all of that to go positively consistency for me is the biggest thing consistency is what this team needs to find it's been their achilles heel along with a couple other things as of the last handful of years but you got to find out how to do this all the time you can't have that that dog shit weekend against mediocre teams in california and then turn it on here for the hardest hardest weekend of of the early season that being said that problem is a lot better to have than the alternative i think mike johnson said um on the on the broadcast today this team plays down to the level of the teams they play and up to the level of the other teams and that's a lot better of a problem to have where you drop a couple games against shitty teams and then actually beat premier teams and they beat two stanley cup contending teams back-to-back weekends with you know this 
the stack, uh, the deck stacked against them. So huge props to them, and I think they can certainly figure out how to beat those uh, those bottom of the barrel teams once they start clicking and firing on all cylinders. And it appears in the last three games that they're starting to do that. Number four. That was number four. There is no number four. Three hits with Rosie. Thanks. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Tremendous was that from the one and only Jay Rosehill. That's the truth serum you never knew you needed on a Monday. His thoughts, three hits with Rosie back with you. And again, Rosie back in action, back in the mix, coming up on Tuesday as we welcome in today's guest. He doesn't need an introduction, but I'll do so anyways because I'm a professional broadcaster it's Rear Admiral from Spit and Chicklets. All right, what's going on, my man? Nick, what's up, my man? How we doing? Good. Uh, how big do you think the blunt was that Rosie smoked before he did that piece? Oh, but shit, I, I, I slept a little late today. I didn't, even, I didn't even get mine in, so at least I'll be paying a little more attention than him probably. <laughs> <laughs> man, he did my Monday wake and bake yet. Yeah, three hits with Rosie, and he does four. Uh, he tried to do four, at least. But uh, just your general impressions on that game on Saturday. It was tight. It had that playoff feel, didn't it? It did, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how much of the the baggage that the Bruins front office gave that the team that night may have uh, uh, affected them. But, you know, the team won seven in a row. Eventually, they're going to lose. I'm not surprised that they lost that game in Toronto. I, I didn't touch it as a gambler. But, um, yeah, you know, it's... It, I think the Bruins Leafs, it's like, yeah, whatever. It's a regular season game as a, as a Bruins fan. Like, talk to us in the playoffs. But, you know, uh, the Leafs, it, they got off the schneid. And, and it, like you were just saying to Jay, everything's a, a, a monster up there. It's like the Red Sox before they won the World Series down here. Every game is bigger than it really is in the regular season. But uh, it was an enjoyable tilt. Uh, Toronto certainly outplayed them. Uh, Sam Sonoff, it was, it was tough to see him, uh, you know, lead the game after the second period as a Leafs fan because I think he was one of the best offseason signings. I said it on the show a few weeks ago, a $2 million signing, I think he was, and he was playing great. 
Uh, and now this kid Petrozuli, I think he's got a uh, Petrozelli rather. He's got an opportunity to have a tremendous story. I mean, we saw that clip the Molly tweeted out last night. Uh, just a tremendous clip. No matter what team you're a fan of, that's awesome to see uh, a kid in the AHL sign with an NHL deal and have the locker room explode like that. I mean, I don't care who you root for. That was an awesome thing to see. So uh, this kid got an opportunity now, and he he could uh, he can run away with it. So. I mean, if you're a Leafs fan, you probably shit your pants a little because it's another goalie situation. But as an NHL fan, like this kid got an opportunity. He was playing great with the Mollies. So I'm curious to see what he does with the big club. Yeah, you just never know. And I think all in all, a really, really impressive weekend for the Leafs. You beat Boston, then you go on the road and take down the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. I'm just curious from your perspective, being out in Boston, like what is the perception of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, do, t- do people take them seriously? Um. <laughs> Yes and no. I mean, they are the Leafs. They're obviously a, a huge market team, but like, like in the comparison, I've been saying for years, the the Red Sox pre two thousand four, like they're just that little team that could never win, and and you're kind of a laughing stock until you do, uh, and that they're probably at that point now. Like, I mean, the Bruins fans, like you said, they're like the little brother. Like we have no fear of the Leafs right now because the history of the last ten years. Uh, 2013 and every other time we've beat them so it's kind of like yeah yeah you can beat us in the regular season but you know until they beat us beat us beat the Bruins in the playoffs there's no real fear about it you know and and there's certainly none right now with this team I'd say you're a gambling man RA in your wildest dreams could you ever have predicted this start for the Boston Bruins I know I couldn't uh given all the injuries given Marshawn McAvoy Lister injury and this start now Swayman's down like it really is incredible isn't it it is, yeah. I, I didn't think they'd be as bad as, well, not that people thought they were going to be bad, but I figured they'd be, you know, middle of, of the playoff road. I didn't see them coming out this hot. Uh, I think you got to give full marks to Linus Almach. He's the guy that, mm-hmm. you know, the Bruins signed to, uh, what, well, before last season, and I think they get in the goalie they thought they were going to get last year. Um, and just the overall team. I mean, Hampus Lindholm, he, you know, had the benefit of a training camp with the new coach. Montgomery's done an incredible job, which I'm not surprised at. Uh, everything sort of come together, but it's still very early. And, uh, you know, I know we've talked about teams historically peaking early. I mean, we talked about Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. They they came in a house of fire, then they get swept by Columbus. So, you know, as a fan, you're like, okay, this is good. But, you know, it, it, it's like you'd rather be peaking in March or, or going into April. But at the same time, you know, the alternative is losing. So, yeah, you'd rather have your team win seven in a row, uh, even with this, you know, latest hiccup that sort of come up organizationally, not with the players. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to get to that momentarily. But I want to touch on the team. uh, Oh, my God. What a fucking shit show. But I think from a gambling perspective, and you're heavy into that, you do a great job with the stuff on the podcast, too. The futures market has just been so astonishing to watch in the early going in the first five weeks where, again, everybody seemed to be discounting the Boston Bruins. And now there's like little to no value in placing any coin on this team anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, it's funny because I'm I'm I go so old school where you know you you used to have to get on a plane to put your futures in go twenty seven hundred yeah. miles west of your actual futures and at least you have a friend out there to put them in. <laughs> so I'm still of the mentality where I kind of put my stuff at the beginning of the season and and not really put them in during the year. So I tend not to look at the at the futures market. But yeah, you know any team that comes out at the beginning of the year like this, it's gonna drop. This is actually the time where you should look for teams that maybe come out struggling like uh you know. Jeez, I'm trying to think. Like, something like the Rangers, for example. You know, people, they, they went yeah. to the semifinals last year, and, they you know, they come out a little scuffling out of the gate. They're not as pretty good as people thought. This is the time where, you could, where you'll find value on teams that, okay, where's, where's this team going to be in, you know, March or April going into the playoffs? So, yeah, teams at the at the front of the front of the line right now, like the Bruins, you're going to get shitty value. But this is the time you poke around. I mean, I remember uh, 2004, and they didn't win the Cup, but it was it – was, 
March, right before the playoffs, the Calgary Flames are 90 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. Now, of course, they didn't win, but if you put 100 bucks on them and they got to the Stanley Cup final, which they did, you got a perfect hedge situation. Of course, I already bet Tampa Bay at the beginning of the year that year, so I actually had both teams in the final. But, you know, this is the time where you can find a team that, okay, they're not sitting pretty right now, but it's only November. There's still a lot of hockey left, and you can find some, some, uh, some weaknesses in the lines that way, I think, by looking by teams slow out of the gate. Yeah, the other angle I like to take from a futures perspective, and like you, I like to do all my business at the beginning of the season. Like, I just can't keep track of this shit during the year. But the the first team to fire a coach, like, dude, there's some teams out there that are struggling. The Ottawa Senators, uh, the St. Louis Blues. uh, Where do you see the first first axe dropping potentially here? Yeah, this this is one of those I, I I've never actually made this wager, and you know it's it is a weird thing yeah. to bet on a guy get it can't. Although you you do gotta make the end on that. These guys still get paid. They get fired, but they still get paid the life True. of their contract unless they take it on the team. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I know DJ Smith. I just read his name, like you know, possibly getting fired. And I don't know if if he's the problem in, in Ottawa. I mean, they seem like they're still playing. They're just not maybe getting the desired results. The goaltending hasn't yeah. been brutal, but um, geez, if I were to fire a coach. Man, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I. Now that I got, I said it out loud. I mean, Craig Berube's not going anywhere. Craig, Armstrong's Agreed. already come out. The, you know what? I, I, Dallas Eakins, I guess, is a name you might throw out there. I don't know what mm-hmm. his what his contract life is right now, but you know, Anaheim. I know they won uh, shootout the other night. I think they won again yesterday. Uh, who they beat the, the Sharks, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they're a team yeah. that. You, you know, they're not doing what you expect them to, but they're also like, no one expected them to do much. So how do you fire a guy when the team's got a shitty roster and no one thought they were going to do anything? So, I mean, Dallas Egan's probably a name I would I would bet on, but I'm not, you know, wishing the guy to get fired, like, just to clarify that. Yeah, I always like to preface that too, but it is sort of a betting angle to look at, certainly. And the front runner, by the way, going into the season was Sheldon Keefe. And I think if we spoke a week ago, people would wonder about that. But a three-game win streak certainly changes that, R.A. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the Mitchell-Miller conversation, uh, not to avoid it. Obviously, it's it's the giant-ass elephant in the room. Just an absolute mm-hmm. shit show. Just your opinion on everything that's transpired over the last 72 hours and how much your perception has changed of your beloved Boston Bruins. Um, yeah, it was a shit show. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't like when we get mealy mouth excuses like, like, you know, Don Tweeney, I'm not his biggest fan. I'm, you know, I've, I've been on the record with that. His press conference the other day, it was like, this guy, like, he's obviously defending something he wasn't hundred percent behind. He said it just might not be the right call and I'm not even for it. And it's like, okay, well then who's it from this? It, if, if it's not the Jacobs, then it's gotta be nearly, he's the only guy above him. And then, you know, they nearly, uh, the, Press conference, not press conference, I'm sorry, the tweet last night, it says, well, we became yeah. privy to more information. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, like, uh, I, I'm a, I admit I'm biased with Neely. He's my favorite player. I do admit I have a bias there. But it's like, come on. Now I feel like you're pissing on my leg and telling me it's raining out because <laughs> this information was out there, man. I knew I knew more about this case a year ago because the, the Arizona Republic did an in-depth story on it. And, like, you know, don't unless you really researched it that poorly and, and you screwed up that then that's a bad screw up or if you if you found all this and thought it was different i think what the case was and nearly i will say he he had his press today he, he took his lumps today i'm not i'm not giving him credit for it but he owned the mistake he come out he said we screwed up i thought he thought and i i think maybe five or six years ago with these circumstances maybe the signing wouldn't have been uh as i'll say big of a deal but maybe the blowback wouldn't have been as bad i think in 2022 given that this player, you know, picked on a special needs 
uh, student who was black and he, and he used racial epithets with him. That's just something people don't have a stomach for right now. Even if he was 14 no. years old, it wasn't a one-time thing. It was, you know, over a period of years. And, you know, this kid, I don't know what his remorse level is. I don't know that it was high or low. And I know the mom is upset and has every right to be. And I think, you know, her, her opinion of his remorse, it seemed to get echoed by the media, I think, like, this, I mean, and this, I'm not defending the kid, but he did his legal requirements. He actually did make that apology in court. I know there's a story out there. He didn't apologize. He apologized to all the other teams. That's incorrect. I mean, I'm not defending him. He made that apology in yeah. court. Whether the sincerity of it was real or not, I don't know. But he made his apology. He did the community service. From his legal sense, he did, you know, what he was, was required. And, and a lot of times in a criminal case, Nick, you know, the person convicted doesn't talk to the victim. You avoid it. Like, you know, like in any criminal case, mm-hmm. like the last thing you're going to do is go near someone you're convicted of, of fucking with, messing with and bullying. So, you know, and again, it's not defending the kid. I just think there's a little bit of a gray area there with people. It's an emotional thing where, you know, okay, this kid maybe didn't show remorse to, to the family. Maybe he didn't reach out on his own, but he, you know, he read his apology in court. He wasn't required to. He didn't go above and beyond, but he did what was in a legal sense he was supposed to. And I think maybe the, the Bruins thought, well, okay, he did, he fulfilled that. So people maybe will forgive him like we're going to. And that wasn't the case at all. And it blew up in their face. Uh, but, you know, like I said, nearly he, he, he owned it today. He said, I screwed up. Uh, I thought we, he, he would could get a second chance. It wasn't the right call. Um, I screwed up and he owned it. So I don't know. I think everybody and, and can maybe move along. I think the Bruins track record is pretty good on, on this type of stuff. The, the locker room, I think Bergeron, Felino, Bashan, to have three players come out and shit on the front office like mm-hmm. that, that's, I would say, it's unprecedented, but it's certainly not common. I think the the, the, the front office felt the brunt of that. Um, and, yeah, I think at the end of the day, okay, the team screwed up. They real, they thought, no, I don't think they were going to fool anybody. It just, I genuinely think they thought, okay, this happened years ago. Um, we can forgive the kid. And, and there's just not an appetite in the public for forgiving this type of thing without, again, if this kid, ironically, if this kid maybe made a statement like Neely did today, six years ago, five years ago, maybe the mood would have would have been different for him because maybe he would have shown the quote-unquote remorse people were expecting from him. But uh, if the fact that he hasn't said or done anything, you know, at least outwardly, people maybe feel he hasn't paid a, a suitable price. And then you get to the whole uh, Bettman statement, which I thought was a little odd. Because if you asked anybody Thursday, hey, is Mitch Miller an uh, eligible player in the NHL? I don't think anyone would have said no because, you know, a team renounces mm-hmm. his rights. Now, Arizona renounces rights. That doesn't mean he, he he can't be picked up by anybody in the NHL. At least, to my knowledge, nobody said anything about it. So then Bettman comes out. Now it's sort of a union issue. Now, the union doesn't want to necessarily go to bat for this kid, but they have to because that's what a union does. Like, well, this kid, like, who who knew he wasn't eligible to sign in the NHL before? Nobody said nothing. And so the, you're kind of getting in this gray area with, like, the union stuff. And, yeah, the, the, the best thing the Bruins to do is cut bait. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, because this kid's going to turn up somewhere. He obviously had a hell of a year, and there's a market for him, whether it's on this continent or another continent. He's going to play <laughs> somewhere, and uh, I'm curious to see where he it ends up. And, you know, and the kid, like, again, I don't know the kid, and he doesn't sound like a, a particularly good kid. These weren't normal 14-year-old shithead shenanigans. Trust me. I know no. everyone says I was an idiot at 14. Listen, nobody did this stuff. To, to do what he did, it was deranged. I mean, to have a, you know, to pick on the the, uh, the slow kid in class. I know probably the word people don't say anymore. I'm an older guy. You know, the, the pick on the slow kid in class is an asshole move anyways. But then to, to add, you had the racial element and then having him lick of, of urine-soaked lollipop. That's just fucked up deranged stuff. So there's, that's not normal 14-year-old stuff. But 
you know, I don't know what, I don't know what the penance is. The, every case is different. You know, people talk about the kid in Montreal with the, the Swedish, you know, the sex crime. Yeah. Thing there. I don't know, you know what? That's Montreal's call. I, I don't know what the parameters are. Mm-hmm. If somebody you know, does a public penance, does that lessen it? I don't know. These are questions that general managers and front offices have to answer and decide on. Uh, and, you know, who knows what the right answer is. And with this Miller kid, I don't know. I don't know what it is or where, if he's going to have to go to Europe or if he's going to play somewhere in North America that's going to let him play. To, and if he's going to have to come out and say, shit, I'm sorry, I fucked up. And if that's what it's going to take or if he's going to have to sit down with, with Gary Bettman. But, um, yeah, the, the kid obviously still has some some work to do in that regard if he's going uh, to play professionally in North America, I'd say. Yeah, naturally, why was the question for me? And then on top of that, like, you know, the news comes out that Boston doesn't even talk to the victim. Like, you see your due your diligence for a year and you've been working on this for a year. How do you not talk to the victim and their family, right? Like, that's my question. And number two, I think if there's a positive to gain from here is that the leadership core, as you referenced, as strong as ever and as any in this league, stepped up and said, no, thank you. Like, I think the comments and thoughts right away from Bergeron, who's just a pro's pro, Nikki Foligno, like up and down that roster. I like that they stepped in and said, this isn't happening, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what you like to see in you, in you guys and whatever team you root for. Because sometimes, you know, athletes can be robots and they, they do tow yeah. the potty line off. But yeah, it was it was nice to see those guys step up and say, no, we're, we're not happy with this. We, we don't want this here. And the fact that Bergeron said no, apparently before, and they still went and signed him, it's kind of like, man, like, you know, you're not that mm-hmm. certainly front offices aren't going to defer to their captain all the time, but one or two players. But you know, in this case, they 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 probably should have. Now, as far as not reaching out to the victim, I I know that's been a criticism. Um, you know, I, I don't know that that's something I'm going to kick them for. I mean, they may have thought like this kid is already traumatized. We don't want to revisit it. Like the, it's already been decided in the court. I'm just, again, I'm put yeah. myself in the Bruins front office. Maybe okay, this has been decided in court. The legal essence is done. Let's not maybe upset the avocado this, with this kid. And, you know, I don't know what they would have gleaned by going to him. I mean, they didn't even read the, mm-hmm. apparently the Google uh, summary on, on what was out there. But I don't know what they, they thought, well, what, you know, what's talking I'm going to do? Like, you know, the kid, again, maybe from their perspective, Miller paid his legal, uh, not fine, but, you know, he, he fulfilled his legal obligations as a guilty person. Um, what, you know, what do we need to talk to the victim for? I guess they don't, they probably felt they didn't need his permission. And, you know, I, I think yeah. the, all these years later with it, where it was been legally decided, I, I, I get it. I don't, I'm not going to maybe kick them for that. Like other people are that not reaching out. I, I don't know that people always reach out to victims of, you know, of past crimes when they're bringing in a situation like this. I, again, it's, it's, it's not a role I've heard before. I'm not a front office guy, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they, that was a huge error that, that not going and talking to this family from years ago. Maybe they, Again, maybe they felt they may re-traumatize this this family in some way. Obviously, the the mother is still very upset. I mean, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if any anyone's mm-hmm. kid that happened to, of course you're gonna still be pissed off years later. But you know, like I, I for, she did an interview. Like I know those the story was going on. Told that he didn't apologize, and I was like, wait a minute, this I kind of dug into it. And she did an interview with the local news station here in Boston, and she and she said, well. I want a proper apology. And it's like, okay, now you're passing words, but it's like words matter in a situation because he, he, you know, sure. legally, again, I'm not defending him. He gave the apology the court made him do in court. Again, his sincerity about it, that the, the magistrate wasn't convinced he was, but he did what he was supposed to. So when he, she, she says he didn't give an apology, well, he did the legal required one. Did he do an extra one after that or a more formal one that she wanted? No, but so, you know what I mean? You got to kind of like, 
you know, cut, take the emotion out sometimes and say, well, okay, this kid yeah. did what he was supposed to. He didn't go overboard, but you know, I mean, again, it's a criminal matter. He was convicted of bullying the kid. A lot people just tend to leave their victims alone and like, if anything, avoid them. So, you know, uh, again, it's not defend the Bruins. They, they, they screwed up. They, uh, but they owned it, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think this needs to linger. It's certainly not going to linger in the locker room. I have no fear of it affecting the Bruins going forward. Um, but, yeah, they fucked up. They owned it, and I don't know. I think everybody can can move on and, and learn, learn a lesson from it. Definitely. Amen to that. Just a uh, heavy, heavy story for sure, obviously, with a lot of ramifications yeah. to it. R.A., you're the absolute best. Uh, we'll continue watching and listening to you. Just keep up the great work, okay? Thank you, Nick. You do the same, buddy. Good luck with your Leafs, pal. <laughs> don't need it thank you very much <laughs> see you buddy uh that's you, buddy. Uh, rear admiral from spit and chicklets the absolute man and thanks so much for your time again it's just a, it was a tough conversation to have certainly at the end there just a crazy crazy ass story like honestly when you look at it and just why was my lasting question with the boston bruins why they felt the need and why they didn't talk to the victim's family. Like, I know R.A. disagreed with that, but, like, I think that's just puzzling in my world. Nonetheless, many thanks to R.A. for for dropping by. And, again, make sure to check out the Spit and Chicklets podcast. I'm sure all of you watching and listening right now are anyways. Uh, meantime, the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. All right, let's get after it here for a Monday. I'm going to look into a game for the Edmonton Oilers. I want the Oilers' money line in this one on the road against the Washington Capitals. Uh, they're coming off back-to-back -back disappointing nights and efforts against the Devils in Dallas, especially Saturday afternoon in that one. It's the first of a four-game road trip, the front end of a back-to-back. -back. They're in Tampa tomorrow. So what I'm telling you is they need this one big time. Charlie Lindgren, the backup, by the way, We'll start for the Washington Capitals. No John Carlson again. The Caps really, really banged up. They've lost four in a row. So I want the Oilers' money line. And then on top of that, I'll throw a bonus your way in terms of shot props. Zach Hyman, over 3.5 shots on goal. I like that at plus money. Plus 110 is what you're getting it at right now on Points Bet Canada. He's cleared that number in seven straight games. In fact, he has 35 shots on goal in his last five. I think it's only, or excuse me, 35 shots on goal in this last seven. That's five a game. And of course, as I tell you that, probably doesn't hit tonight. But that's what I'm going to roll with, especially at that plus money. So the Oilers money line and the Zach Hyman shot prop. As I wrap up this edition of Least Morning Take, again, many thanks to RA for stopping by. And also to Rosie. Three hits with Rosie was a hit certainly on Friday, was a hit certainly today on Monday. But Rosie will be back tomorrow. And of course, we'll tee up the, the Maple Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights. Don't look now, but Toronto trying for their first four-game win streak of the season. So we'll talk on Tuesday. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.